We have an epidemic. Probably has always been this way, but I can only speak for the years that I've been alive. We have an epidemic that people constantly want to be someone other than who they are. They're influenced by the media. They're influenced by their friends. They're influenced by their parents. Oh, we really wish you would have been a doctor. We really wish you would have been a whatever. Whatever it happens to be, right? There's all these influence saying, be this, be that, be this, be that. Act like this celebrity. Wear this. Do this thing. And we buy into this. But that's not God's way. God has made you individual on purpose. He's perfectly made you to be who you are. And one of the things that I will fight for from, from right here as I teach the word is for you to recognize and press into the fact that you are unique and special. And I want to know you, not who you want to pretend to be, not who you're trying to please other than God. And God is pleased when you are who you are. Welcome to Contemplate, a Bible teaching ministry of Pastor David Robinson and brought to you by Acts Church in Vancouver, Washington. Today we're in Acts chapter 5, and as we begin, Pastor David is asking why we don't see healing today like we're told of in the early church. Let's find out. Peter was not saying, come get my shadow, it's got power. That was not what was going on. Now, I do believe that some of these people probably got healed, but not because Peter's shadow had power, because they were trusting in the power of Jesus Christ to heal them, of the risen Christ. And they just were a little bit jacked up, confused about how that worked. But sometimes God looks past some of our confusion, right? We're not always right about everything, and yet he's pretty gracious with us. And so I think some people probably got healed, but that is not for today. That is not prescriptive. If it was, I would be one of the most popular preachers in town because, bro, my shadow, I get like 30, 40 people at a swing, you know? So, you know, that's right. I'll, I'll heal some people. I'll be like, boom, you know? So anyway, you guys are laughing too much. That's not hurt my feelings. No. Anyway, but nevertheless, it shows that these signs, these wonders that were going on, continuously going on. We continue to see them happening, and people are believing them. If we look at the next verse, we see even more so. Verse 16, also a multitude gathered from the surrounding cities to Jerusalem, bringing sick people and those who were tormented by unclean spirits, and they were all healed. So we have all these people who are hearing, hey, the power of God is up in Jerusalem. Let's get up there. Let's bring these sick people. Remember, they said they're laying them on couches, laying them on the ground. These are sick people. These are sick people, and they're bringing them in, and they're being healed. People tormented by unclean spirits. People who were sick, who were dying, they're being healed. God's doing all this healing, all this healing in the church. And I ask myself sometimes, why don't we see that kind of healing in the church today? There's a couple of possibilities, okay? But first, I want to say a couple of things. Healing does happen. It still does happen. It may not happen as often and as, and as crazy into multitudes in the way that we see it here, but it still does happen. In fact, I spoke to, or actually I, I got an email from a young man I know who, who was in India recently um, on a mission trip, and he saw three people healed in a very short period of time. Um, really, real healings. In fact, one of these guys, he had been in a motorcycle. These were, these were people who had asked them to pray for them. This guy had been in the motorcycle accident. He had a broken leg. And as this young man was praying for him and put his hands on his leg, he literally felt the bone click back together. 
The guy got up and walked, okay? It's legit. God still heals, okay? You need to have faith in the power of God to heal. No question. And physical healing is not the most important thing in the kingdom of God. Spiritual healing is, okay? Because here's the deal. Physically healed or not, unless the Lord comes first, you all are taking a dirt nap. Every one of you, right? And me. We're all going to die unless the Lord comes first. So what's going to be important is that spiritual healing that leads to eternal life, not the physical healing that leads to this life. So I want to just be clear about those things. Nevertheless, I want to see God work in power, and I wonder sometimes why he doesn't work as much as we see here in the early church. There are several possibilities for why that is. I'm going to bring up a couple, okay? Some people would say this was the beginning of the church, and so God maybe worked a little bit differently to kind of jumpstart, to kind of kickstart the beginning of the church, so we see all these signs and wonders early on. That's possible. I actually don't think that that's necessarily the reason, okay? I do believe that these miracles and these healings, these signs and these wonders were verification, authenticating the power of God in the message of Jesus Christ. The first miracle being Jesus rising from the dead, right? That's after all the miracles that he did while he was here. And we see Jesus rising from the dead, defeating sin and death, and all these people seeing it, and all this evidence of it. And these people are hearing story after story after story about how Jesus, who they crucified, rose from the dead. That's the first thing. And then we see the power that the apostles are giving who are preaching the name of Jesus as a verification, an authentication of their ministry. And then we see what happens. When, when you hear that you can get healed, people will be running, right? They want to get in there. They want to get healed. So then they get to hear the message. So I do think that's going on. I just don't think that there's necessarily a reason for that to stop now. I still think that healing and signs and wonders can help verify the ministry of the gospel. But there's another very important factor about the church here. Here we see the church is totally unified and committed. Totally unified and committed. And we see the power of the Holy Spirit operating in a huge way. And then we want to say... Well, we want to see the same power of the Holy Spirit, but are we totally unified and committed as Christ's church? Rhetorical question, okay? We're not. We're not. And so if we want to see the kind of power that the early church saw, maybe we should start acting like the early church acted. Something to consider. I want to just take a minute, more than a minute, I'll be honest with you. It's going to be a number of minutes. Um, and I want to talk about the mission and the vision of Acts Church. First, let's talk about what mission and vision are. Our mission is that which we are called to do as a church, our primary calling. Okay? Our mission statement simply tells us what that is. And it's quite short, but it's not very simple. Okay? And here it is. Here's our mission statement. Our mission is to reach the lost and to make disciples of Jesus Christ. Short, right? That is a summary, a paraphrase of a direct quote from Jesus Christ telling the church what they ought to do. And that's in Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 through 20. I'm going to read it to you. It says, And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. Now this mission, commission, we call this the Great Commission, is action-oriented. We're called Acts Church for a number of reasons, but one of them is we're action-oriented. Okay? He says, I've been given all the authority, 
okay, on heaven and on earth. God's given me all the authority. Now I'm telling you to go. Because of that, go. Make disciples. Make disciples. That's why we're so serious here about disciple making. About making disciples, about helping people grow. But making disciples and baptizing them is pretty simple. The initial is we're telling people the truth, the good news. They're coming to believe in Jesus Christ for life. We're baptizing them, symbolizing their their death to their sin, their resurrection in Christ, symbolizing that they're following Jesus from now on. That's that baptism in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That is a symbol, an outward sign of an inward state of affairs where they're saying, I've surrendered my life to Christ. That's primary. That's first. Then we teach them to obey all that he's commanded. That takes longer. That takes longer. The first part can happen pretty fast. The second part takes a lifetime. The second part takes a lifetime. That's why we're very serious, very serious about discipleship, about teaching, because it's very difficult. It's a long and hard journey to surrender to sell out completely to Christ and to learn to follow all the things he's commanded us to do. But that's what he's told us to do, so that's what we're doing. That's what we're doing as a church, okay? So that's the mission of Acts Church. It's also the mission of the church. When I say the church, I mean every single human being who has ever said, I follow Christ. I believe he died, that he rose again, and I follow him. I'm committed to him. All of those people who are committed to following Christ, who have ever lived, are the church. They're the church, and that's their mission. And so it makes sense. It would be our mission. That's our mission. Now, we want to see you as part of that, as part of discipling, we want to see you as individuals come into your own as who you are in Christ. We have an epidemic. Probably has always been this way, but I can only speak for the years that I've been alive. We have an epidemic that people constantly want to be someone other than who they are. They're influenced by the media. They're influenced by their friends. They're influenced by their parents. Oh, we really wish you would have been a doctor. We really wish you would have been a whatever. Whatever it happens to be, right? There's all these influence saying, be this, be that, be this, be that. Act like this celebrity. Wear this. Do this thing. And we buy into this. But that's not God's way. God has made you individual on purpose. He's perfectly made you to be who you are. And one of the things that I will fight for from from right here as I teach the word is for you to recognize and press into the fact that you are unique and special. And I want to know you, not who you want to pretend to be, not who you're trying to please other than God. And God is pleased when you are who you are. And that's part of discipleship. And that's part of our mission and our vision of this church is to help you all to be who you are to be comfortable with that, to be confident in that because God has made you special. And as Larry and Bob would say, and he loves you very much. That's the veggie tales. If you guys have kids, you would know that. Apparently none of you do because you didn't laugh. That's fine. That's cool. That's cool. I only got so many jokes though. So, you know, take them when they come. All right. So that's what we're trying to help you be. We're trying to help you be all that you are supposed to be. That's part of discipleship. So what's our vision What do we want to see? We want to see, how do we want to see this community of believers become totally free in Christ, totally free in the truth of who Christ is, totally surrendered and finding that as you give up what you think is your freedom, but is really your chains to every sin coming and going. But what you think is your freedom as you give that up and say, I follow Christ to find that true freedom and knowing the truth and becoming who you're supposed to be 
and in Christ, showing you, guiding you, the Holy Spirit teaching you, the Father loving you. How do we become that? So a couple of things that we're going to be doing soon, okay? Um, a couple of things, but before I talk about those things, I want to encourage you for just one second, those of you who have been coming, attending, giving of your time, of your talents, your money, giving in all those ways, I want to encourage you that the church has been growing, that people have been coming and seeing the transformational work of the Holy Spirit in their lives. People have been, although they've gone through difficult things, like all of us, they found the love of Christ in all of it because of you, because of your faithfulness to do what Christ has called you to do. He's used you, which is a great and amazing thing that you've been used of God to do that. So all of you who have been giving, who have been working hard, who have been volunteering, who have been doing all these things, I want to encourage you that it's, it's paying off. People are coming to know the Lord. And in knowing him, they're growing and their families are changing, their lives are changing, and sin is going away and truth is coming in. And it's a great thing. So what do we want to do? We, we want to see more and more and more spiritual growth. More and more and more spiritual growth. One of the ways we're going to accomplish that is we're just going to continue to preach the word to our adults, to our youth, to our children. We're going to continue to tell the truth. We're going to continue to preach the word no matter what the consequences are. We're going to continue to do that. And in doing so, we're going to see people grow because coming to the Lord, getting, getting saved, getting baptized, those things are awesome. But we're also called to push forward deeper and deeper into the love of Christ and knowing who he is. It's, it's not like you get married and you're like, okay, we don't need to talk anymore. We're, you know, we're married now. I don't need to know anything else about you. I know all I need to know. You find out a lot quick, right? Yeah. And you keep pushing in. If you really want a marriage that's going to work, you keep pressing in and pressing in and pressing in and pressing in and knowing them more and more and how to please them, more and more how to serve them, more and more. And that's how we need to be with Christ. So a spiritual growth has got to go beyond just, hey, I got saved. Now what? Now what do I do? I've been baptized. Put me to work. Well, we'll do that. We're going to talk about that in a second. Um, so um, we want to, one of the things that we want to do in terms of helping our families, our children, our moms, our dads, husbands, wives, all of these things, is we want to provide more and more opportunities for people to have spiritual growth. Now, the main ways that we do it, Sunday mornings and life groups. Those are the main, that's the engine that drives the church, Sunday mornings and life groups. But we do want to have more opportunities, not just so that we have programs. So we say, oh, we have this program and that program and this program. That's not why but because we think that some of these things can add new facets and new things that we can learn about who God is and be taught in different ways. So we're going to continue to look forward to doing that, okay? Now, here's the part where I tell you what I need from you, okay? So if you're going to fall asleep, this is the time to do it because it's going to get serious, all right? Here's what we need. First, as we see in the book of Acts, following Jesus Christ and becoming part of the church is a serious commitment. That's why some of them wouldn't dare do it, because it was a serious commitment. Right now, I'm not necessarily, by the way, talking to those of you who are simply seeking and trying to figure out what's going on. You've heard about Jesus. You've heard about church or whatever. You're not a Christian at this point. You're just kind of checking it out. Hey, hang tight. It, it, this isn't necessarily for you, okay? Although there are opportunities even for you, even for those who don't know the Lord yet. There's still opportunities within this body. But I'm, I'm talking more to those who are followers of Jesus who have been called to serve and attend this church, okay? Part of what we learned first 
by the early church is they were absolutely sold out to being with each other. To being with each other, okay? We need to be committed to being at church every Sunday. Every Sunday, okay? They were doing the everyday thing and the house-to-house thing. I'm saying every Sunday, okay? The list of things that would cause us to miss a Sunday in church needs to become very short, okay? Right now, some of us have lists that are pretty long, things that would make us miss a Sunday. You know, NFL football, hey, I'm just saying, right? It's about to start coming up, so I'm just, I'm just telling you now, right? The game's on. Pastor, don't you know what time the game's on? Hey, it's two services. Come to the early one. DVR, okay? There's all these things, though. There's all these things that would say, I can miss church for this. I can miss church for that. That list needs to start to get short. That list needs to start to get short, okay? Let me tell you why. It's not just because I think you'll benefit so much from singing with us and listening to me talk, okay? I hope, I hope and I pray that God blesses you in those things and that you get something from them. I really, really do. But that's not the main reason. You know what the main reason is? Because God's called you to be here, and we need you. We need you. God's gifted you, and we need your giftings. All the things that God has given you, we need them. The body needs you. If God's called you to be here, we need you to actually be here. Can't be here with 20% of the body. The rest of them are watching the Raiders game. That's not how it works. We need you. We need you here. You've been called to be here. We're very serious about that, okay? Because you're a blessing to me and to the church. You may not think, you may think, I don't know, I don't do anything. You do. You are. He's made you unique. That's why part of this discipleship is helping you to figure out who you are in Christ and be yourself so that we can have all the riches. God didn't make a mistake with you. He doesn't make mistakes. He made you the way you are on purpose. If you ever get into a position where you're saying, I feel really bad about myself or what I have to offer or how I look or how I smell, I have that sometimes, um, or whatever, what these things are. Let me just tell you, God did not make a mistake with you. You are perfectly everything that he wants you to be, or at least you can become that as you follow him. But there's absolutely nothing about who you are, who you truly are, the essence of who you are. We'll learn about what that means as we go through scripture that you should feel bad about. And we need you. The church isn't all that it's intended to be if you're not in it. I hope that today's lesson has encouraged you to know that you're really important to God and us. And if we can help you grow in your walk with Christ or introduce you to Him in the first place, come see us at Acts Church in Vancouver, Washington, this Sunday morning. Easy directions are just a click away at actschurchnw.org or call us at 360-885-9000. Hope to meet you this Sunday. Well, that's it for today, but there will be much more great Bible teaching in our next episode here on Contemplate.